Hello! Welcome to episode number... 80? Yes! <laughs> Lunch with PB&J. Guys, we're so glad that you are back with us. We are tackling the book of Hebrews, uh, which is just awesome. Mm -hmm. It's been a book that I've wanted to study for a long time. Mm -hmm. It's one that I dive in and out of quite a bit, but I've never actually gone through it like in a study. I've read yeah. through it. I've read the whole book. But I've never gone through it as a study, an right. in-depth study, verse by verse. And so I'm happy to do it with my lovely wife, Joy. <laughs> it's me. It is her. She is lovely. <laughs> uh, and so that's what we're doing. And guys, we are in chapter two. This is part two of chapter two. Mm -hmm. uh, last week, we just did four verses, a little snack size episode, uh, because we wanted to deal with those four verses that... Uh, really focused in on the concept uh, of just that challenge to not drift away right, from the truth. So it's one of five warnings that come throughout the book of Hebrews. The second one will come in chapter three. We talked about that last week. Um, and where we are is the book opens up. So it is this letter written to uh, Jewish Christians, Jewish believers who are starting to maybe doubt or they're starting to kind of feel the effects of persecution mm -hmm. from both the Roman government and the devout Jewish uh, Jews at that time yeah. um, that did not believe in Jesus. And so they're considering kind of leaving the faith. And so the writer of Hebrews is encouraging them, guys, don't. <laughs> this is the truth. This is life. This is everything. Jesus is the way. Mm -hmm. And so that's really what Hebrews deals with. And that's why I think it's such, I really believe, I'm, I've become more and more over the last couple of years, um, I have, everybody asks, you know, where should I start reading the Bible? Mm. I tell them to read John. Mm -hmm. uh, the Gospel of John is just super clear um, about who Jesus is, the character of Jesus, all that. Over the last couple of years, I've started encouraging, especially certain people, yeah. um, to next read the book of Hebrews. Mm -hmm. And the reason for that, while it is a little bit more in-depth, mm -hmm. um, is it it again paints this picture of who Jesus, Jesus is. is yeah. And the writer is really giving an argument for Jesus really is who he said he is and who we've believed that he is. Yeah. So don't don't drift away from that truth, mm -hmm. and um, so I think it's a really fascinating mm -hmm. book, and it starts off with um, him comparing Jesus to the angels, mm -hmm. and the reason for that uh, we we've said is the Jewish people had a very high regard for the angels uh, who helped deliver the the law, and so they kind of put they the angels the very very high up. They were yeah. the messengers, and what the writer of Hebrews is saying is yes. They were the messengers of God, but Jesus was the son of God. Mm -hmm. And I'm pretty sure that outranks the messenger. <laughs> right. The son outranks the messenger. Right. So that's kind of where we are. Um, and so we're kind of jumping in at verse 5 of Hebrews chapter 2. And one of the other arguments that the, the writer now addresses is that seemed to be having, uh, we're going to assume that this was one of the problems that people were having with Jesus, the argument for Jesus, is his humanity mm -hmm. and does the humanity of jesus cause him to be inferior mm -hmm. to the angels mm -hmm. so let's do some talking <laughs> let's do lunch joy starting at verse five, five. so i'm going to read down to verse nine okay uh and furthermore 
It is not angels who control the future world we are talking about. For in one place the scriptures say, What are mere mortals that you should think about them, or a son of man that you should care for him? Yet for a little while you made them a little lower than the angels. So this is us that he's talking about here. Mankind. Mankind, humanity. So yes, we are lower than the angels, meaning we are inferior Mm -hmm. to the angels. Hopefully you can understand that. You're not offended by that. Right. Uh, You get that we don't we're not supernatural beings at this point in time. So we are a little lower than the angels and crowned them. He's crowned us with glory and honor. It says in verse eight, you gave them humanity. You gave them authority over all things. Now, when it says all things, it means nothing is left out. Think about that for a second. That's pretty cool. But we have not yet seen all things put under their authority. What we do see is Jesus, who is for a, who for a little while was given a position a little lower than the angels. And because he suffered death for us, he is now crowned with glory and honor. Yes, by God's grace, Jesus tasted death for everyone. Mm-hmm. So I love this because, it, it, again, it says mere mortals. That's us. We have been, uh, we have, we're, we're made a little lower than the angels. We don't have the, the supernatural powers that, that an angel would carry. And yet we were crowned with glory and honor. It doesn't say the angels were crowned with glory and honor. We were crowned with glory and honor and given authority over all things. Mm -hmm. And then it says, now you haven't seen it. In other words, you don't see humanity having dominion over. We don't take dominion over everything right now, okay? <laughs> We're just not doing it. And yet when Jesus came, he was given a position a little lower than the angels. In other words, he came as a man. Mm-hmm. He came as a man. And yet because of his death, because of his suffering, he has been crowned yeah. with glory and honor. So Jesus is very much paving the way mm-hmm. for what he will become of those of us that are part of humanity Mm -hmm. who become believers in Jesus Mm -hmm. Christ, right? So here's where we are. Humanity, absolutely inferior to the angels of heaven (laughs) in many ways, and yet we have been given greater privileges. And you have to say why. Like I read that, and that's what the the writer's saying also. He says, what are mere mortals that you should think about them? Mm -hmm. And you you do, you have to kind of say, why? God, why why have you made why why do you value us? Yeah. Right? And so for me, I went back to Genesis. So it's Genesis 1:26 and I won't read it, but there's several verses there. But it, it it's the it's when God created man, he said, "Let us make him in in our image." Mm-hmm. The Trinity. He met, "Let us make him in our image." And so then he says, um, "Rule and reign. I give you authority." Yeah. But then we know the rest of the story where the devil came in and you have the fall of man. So it all got messed up. Mm-hmm. So that that kind of answered it for me of what are mere mortals that you should think about them? The reason that God values us is because we were made in his image, mm-hmm. you know. And so that kind of answers that. Um, but then we know that we messed it up. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. And yet, and so yet again, we we were given these privileges mm-hmm. uh, by being made in the in the image of God. But then also, we were also given privileges and promises. Yeah. Because he says, like God never promised the angels they would rule in the future world. Right. We yeah. talked about this in episode one, in chapter one. It says the angels were created to serve. Yes. That was what they were created for, and yet we were given. So they were created to serve, 
We were created to have dominion over all things. Yeah. We were created to have authority. Yeah. And to have dominion. And yet, we do, we haven't done that. Yeah. We, we don't we, see we, that. We don't live in that. Yeah. <laughs> so this is what Jesus did. Jesus came into humanity. He yeah. came as a man to redeem that authority. Right. Because at, at, there was a time, you go back to Genesis, Adam and Eve, they did have dominion right. over that garden. Yeah. Right? They ruled that garden. Right. They ruled that thing, Joy. Well, if you <laughs> like you list everything of everything that was there. He said, have dominion over the fish of the sea and the yeah. birds of the air. And he, he gives them dominion. He gave he them. He gave them all authority rule. over yeah. all these things. And now we have lost that because of sin. Right. Because of sin, we've lost that. So it all says humanity was crowned with glory and honor. Mm-hmm. But we lost that when we became enslaved to sin. Yes. So Jesus came for a little while. I like that. Jesus came for a little while. He was given a position lower, like just for a minute. In other words, he didn't have it before. Yeah. But And he has it now. Yeah. Because there's other verses that we've read in the past. I think it could be Peter where it says, you know, he came down. So you're understanding he's coming down to this position because his mm-hmm. position is God. Yeah. But he came down. <laughs> this whole thing while we're while we're talking here, I didn't have this thought. But now it's it's reminding me, y'all y'all ever seen that show Undercover Boss? I wrote that. Did you really? Down. I didn't think of it. Look at us. We're, we're married, guys. We're married. We share a brand. Where's that at? Where's that note at? <laughs> Look, look. Undercover boss. See, I'm not lying. Look at that. It's kind of like that. I'm going to leave. I'll save it for you then. Well, who knows if I'll get to that. All right. Undercover boss. Have you all seen the show? It's like the guy, some, you know, somebody that owns some company, multi-million, billion-dollar company, whatever. He takes a position in his own company, wears a disguise, takes a position in his own company to see how things are working. Yes. And that's kind of what Jesus did. Yes. Jesus took on the form of of a man. Yes. And he took, for just a little while, mm-hmm. took on the position of humanity. And and the focus of that, like the position, I think it's important to understand, is that it was a humble position. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a verse that kind of transitions, transitions, transitions you from that humble position to humanity into the, the glory and the crown. And I just wanted to read it because it's so good. It's yeah. a little bit long, but it's Philippians 2, 6 through 11. It says, though he, Jesus, was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up this divine privileges. That's what you're talking about. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and he died a criminal's death on a cross. And here you're going to see the transition. Therefore, God elevated him to the place of the highest honor Hmm. And gave him the name above all other names, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, and every in heaven and on earth and under earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So you see this, he took on the position of that humble servant of humanity, mm-hmm. and then he, because he did that, he transitions to this place of honor. Yeah. Yeah. I love that verse though, because it kind of sums up what it's talking about there. Yeah. And so it's just, so again, we're getting this look where Jesus comes, he takes on this position, mm-hmm. a little lower than the angels, takes on the position of humanity. And because he lived this perfect, obedient life yeah. um, and, and lived out God's will for his life to the point of laying down this mortal life mm-hmm. for others, 
by doing all of that, he reclaims that crown of glory and honor for all of humanity. That God intended for us originally, right? Yeah. (laughs) And so this is it. So the argument, again, the argument the writer is, is addressing here is, is Jesus inferior because he took on mm. the role of a man? Because he was a man. As, yeah. as they saw him, yeah. he was a man. So does that make Jesus inferior? And yet, if what we learn, what the writer is saying, is if he had become a man, he couldn't have died for us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The angels can't die. Yeah, They are eternal beings. Yeah. They cannot die. Therefore, they could never lay down their life for us. Mm-hmm. The angels could never provide salvation for us. Yeah. It is only the, the sin required the payment of death. Yeah. And so Jesus had to come. Mm-hmm. He had to take on the role of a man so that he could lay down that, that lay down his mortal life. Mm-hmm. Uh, and therefore, you know, display that perfect love mm-hmm. that that was needed to pay the price of sin. Yeah. And so uh, it was not, it did not make him inferior, but rather it was necessary. Right. And that's what we I see. I love how, and I feel like chapter two really deals with um, why Jesus, why mm-hmm. Jesus had to do what he did. Uh, just kind of even the common sense questions of why did he have to die? Why did he come as a man? Why did he have to die? Like all those types of questions that maybe mm-hmm. get asked, you they really get answered in chapter two. Yeah. And so verse 10 says, God, for whom and through whom everything was made, chose to bring many children into glory. And it was only right that he should make Jesus through his suffering a perfect leader fit to bring them into their salvation. Now, I don't have a lot here, but so I'm going to let you go. But uh, I just want to point this out because I thought it was cool. The word leader. Mm-hmm. Did you see this? I don't know. So the word leader, <laughs> um, it the better translation for it is pioneer. Mm. So Jesus was a pioneer. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jesus taking on the shell of humanity mm-hmm. and suffering death for us made him a pioneer of salvation. You know, Jesus took on our sins. He, he died and was brought back to life by the power of God. Yeah. And his suffering completed the work necessary yeah. for our salvation, paving the way well, th- for us to be you saved. You think about so many, uh, I don't even know if I should say symbolism or things that, we've, we, that we, we talk about where he's the, he's the cornerstone mm-hmm. that's being built, right? Yeah. He is the, the foundation. So he's the, he's the first, he's the last, he's mm-hmm. the author of our faith. He's the author and the finisher of our faith. So mm-hmm. like, yeah, it is that what you're saying, the pioneer, he's the one. So is it, yeah. And it's like in, I think it's in, in Peter where it says he's the firstborn of the dead. Yeah. Yeah. You know, he was the, the first to be resurrected. You're yeah. right. So he's the, he literally has pioneered the way by yeah. him coming in the form of a man he has pioneered the way for the rest of us yeah. to go through this life. So I just wanted to point that out. I'm going to read the, the next couple okay. of verses too. But I just wanted to point out, that's what it, when it says, through his suffering, a perfect leader, mm-hmm. he was a pioneer. Mm-hmm. I just thought that was cool. Mm-hmm. Cool definition. All right. Verse 11. So now Jesus and the ones he makes holy have the same father. That is why Jesus is not ashamed to call them his brothers and sisters. For he said to God, I will proclaim your name to my brothers and sisters. I will praise you among your assembled people. He also said, I will put my trust in him. That is, I and the children God has given me. And so, again, that idea of the pioneer. You know, we, we talk about 
people that are pioneers in their field, right? Mm-hmm. Like Steve Jobs and, and you know, created Apple and he was a pioneer in technology. Yeah. Everybody wants to be Apple. Everybody wants to compl- uh, um, uh, copy mm-hmm. Apple, right? Uh, Rosa Parks was a pioneer <laughs> for for race, mm-hmm. for equal rights and mm-hmm. things like that. She was a pioneer for, yeah. for that. So we talk about that. The pioneering work of Jesus has made a way for us to be called sons and daughters. Right, right. Like, and so a lot of people, when we talk about a pioneer, it's, it's, we want to follow their example. They mm-hmm. paved the way mm-hmm. so that it could be easier for others. Mm-hmm. Jesus paved the way. He paid the price. He did the hard stuff. Yeah. He did the hard work. He died. Yeah. Right. He paid the price for sin. He did the hard work and paved the way for us so that we could walk into that relationship. Right. Yeah. With 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 him and and with the father. So if Jesus had not come as a man, he couldn't have done that. Right. And this is why, again, his humanity didn't make him inferior. It was necessary Mm. to accomplish God's plan of redemption. And even that wording where he he uses the wording, it makes him a perfect leader. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, oh, it's not that he's a good leader. You know, he's he is a perfect leader he's exactly what we needed and i even thought about like that when i when you just think of the practical thing of leadership what makes someone a good leader when they've walked in your shoes Mm -hmm. that's what makes somebody a good leader is to understand and then lead you through something right Mm -hmm. and that was why i wrote down undercover boss (laughs) because again that show deals with you know a guy coming in and seeing um Seeing the ins and outs, the details, be seeing the suffering. Yeah, he sees and understands because he walked. He's walked through it. Yeah, he's had to do the dirty so job. So it makes him a better boss. It makes him a better boss. Yeah, and it's this thing of this is why Jesus had to become a man, walk in our shoes, experience humanity, experience suffering, so that he would become the perfect leader that we mm. needed. Like you know, again, it's that it's the logical aspect. Who wants a leader that does not understand? Mm-hmm. You know, this is what makes him. And then we get this privilege of being able to go to this great leader who does understand our sufferings, understands our because anything that I think I'm dealing with, you know, maybe it's the temptation of sin, maybe it's you know, you know, suffering and whatever persecution, whatever it is, anything that I think I'm suffering in, I can look at my perfect leader and say, God, you did it. Jesus, you did it. And you mm-hmm. have now paved the way for me to do it too. Yeah. You know, and that's, that's encouraging to me. Yeah. I'm not paving the way. He paved the way yeah. and I'm following. It's like me going through a crowd following you. <laughs> ben just paves the way and I just walk behind him and it's easy. She just holds onto my shirt and I just <laughs> plow the road. That's it. Yep. Verse, uh, verse 14. Uh, because God's children are human beings made of flesh and blood, the son also became flesh and blood. For only as a human being could he die, and only by dying could he break the power of the devil who had the power of death. Only in this way could he set free all who have lived their lives as <laughs> slaves to the fear of dying. Mm-hmm. So the uh, n- this is one of the top five fears that people have <laughs> in life right up there with uh, speaking in front of crowds. Is death. Is the fear of death. Um, you know what's a greater fear? Snakes. No. Spiders. I talked about this one time on a Sunday. You don't remember. What? Being buried alive. No. <laughs> Which ends in death. <laughs> it can. The people would rather die than what be buried alive. What do you mean it alive. can? Who's buried? <laughs> you know, you might get dug up. Um, anyway, 
So this, so Satan has this hold on our yeah. our lives, yeah. and for a lot of people who are not believers, and I've seen this played out at funerals a lot, mm-hmm. um, where you can see, uh, you know, somebody who is a believer. Uh, there is this weird sort of if the person who has passed away is also a believer, there's this weird sort of peace that is there. There is mourning, there is sadness, but there's a weird sort of peace that's there because mm-hmm. of it. It's evident. But for those who are not believers you can see that they they deal with it a lot differently. And usually it's because there is this fear of the unknown. There's this fear of death because we don't know what comes next. We don't know what it's going to be like. Um, And so he says, like, because God's children are human beings, they're flesh and blood, That's this is what Jesus, he had to become a man because he had to break the fear. The hold that the devil has there in our lives sometimes is this fear. And he did that by facing death himself by facing it himself um and so he to break the power of the devil that phrase is to to render inoperative mm-hmm. to make of no effect mm-hmm. that's what that phrase means and so we know ultimately that death is in the hands of god we see that throughout scripture satan can only do what he is permitted to do so when it says that he holds the power of death it's not that he can cause you to die mm-hmm. as much as it is that he can hold the fear of death. Mm-hmm. There's there's power in death because fear can be crippling. Yeah. Right? Fear can absolutely be crippling. And so we know, we can also look at it this way, Satan is the author of sin, the mm-hmm. Bible tells us, and sin is what brings death. Mm-hmm. And so there is this is the the power that he holds and causes people to fear is because sin brings death and yeah. and, and this is what he does. But because of Jesus, we don't have to fear death, both mm-hmm. spiritual and physical. Well, that's, that's a, yeah. I was thinking about that, too. Yet we have to see that there is those two types of death. Mm-hmm. So when people fear death, ultimately, I know they, they they may fear physical death. But really in our spirit, we, we fear spiritual death and condemnation. Yeah. Right? You know, because yeah. that's that part of why do you fear death? Because there's condemnation after. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so we don't have to fear. This is the truth that we know is that we don't have to fear death, either one, spiritual yeah. or physical, because we know that we have life. Right. We have spiritual life, and our spiritual life is what causes us to not fear physical death. Right. <laughs> right. And 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 it just it, it kind of works that way. And so it's not that it's not that we won't die mm-hmm. a physical death. Yeah. Uh, we will all, Maybe not, well, some, some of, us. of us, you know, we're, we're going, Jesus is coming. <laughs> all right. Um, but it's, it's that we won't stay dead. Yeah. Yeah. The resurrected life. There's a resurrected life. Death has no effect hold. on us. It yeah. has no hold <clears throat> on us. Yeah. So we don't have to fear death. It has no hold on us. So Satan, the power that he has, Satan has been disarmed. Yeah. And so that's why I love that definition to break the power of the devil. Mm-hmm. It means to render inoperative. Mm-hmm. So the power of death that Satan held or holds has now been rendered inoperative. Mm-hmm. It has no effect yeah. on those who believe. Yeah. I, th- I feel like this also goes back to the garden because, um, you know, originally we know the plan and God, we were, we were, I say we, <laughs> Adam and Eve, we were <laughs> eating from the tree of life. Yeah. In the beginning, right? Then sin entered the world through Satan and through disobedience and the fall of man. And so all of a sudden when when that happened, the devil had control over death, right? Mm-hmm. And so but then you have this verse, so it's Revelation one eighteen, and it's just this I don't know, it's one of those passages where you just try to it's so powerful. So you just yeah. wanna get wrap your head around it. 
It's Revelation 118. It says, I am the living one. It's Jesus speaking. I am the living one. I died, but look, I am alive forevermore and ever. I'm alive forever and ever. And I hold the keys of death and the grave. Mm. So it's this, he, he is saying like, I have taken that back, Yeah. you know? And so I think it's that visual of understanding. This is why we don't have to fear death anymore. Yeah. yeah. And then he says in verse 16, we also know that the son did not come to help angels. <laughs> he came to help the descendants of Abraham. Uh, and again, this is an interesting, because again, we're made a little lower than the angels, mm-hmm. but with greater privileges. Mm-hmm. And here's one of those privileges is that Jesus did not come to save the fallen angels. Yeah. There was a third of the angels of heaven that fell with Satan. Mm-hmm. There's been nothing done to redeem them. Mm-hmm. But the creation of man, God's creation of man fell into sin. And God said, I want them back. Mm-hmm. And so I'm going to send my son into that world to be one of them. Yeah. So that he can die a physical death so that they can be resurrected into spiritual life, mm-hmm. eternal life yeah. with me. Yeah. And so it's just this amazing, this amazing, uh, again, comparison between Jesus and the angels, but also between us and the angels. Right. Yeah. You you see that. Yeah. Because yeah. he made himself, Jesus made himself lower than the angels mm-hmm. to save those who are now considering mm-hmm. turning, because again, the descendants of Abraham. So these are Jewish believers he's talking to. He says, I, I, he, he made himself lower than the angels. Yeah that you revere so much, he made himself lower than the angels to save those of you who are now considering turning your back on him. Mm-hmm. I just thought that was a powerful yeah. thought. Last couple of verses. Verse 17 says, Therefore, it was necessary for him to be made in every respect like us. Mm-hmm. So this is the conclusion of the argument. That's what that's there for, all right? <laughs> is guys, you think you think the humanity of Jesus, you think the fact that Jesus was a man made him inferior. And that's an argument that a lot of people have today. Well, Jesus was just a good man. Or he was a prophet. He was a, prophet, he was a good you know? teacher. And so I don't need to, he's not the son of God. He's not somebody I have to worship. He's not somebody I have to follow. I don't have to listen to everything that he says. Because it's like, yeah, people are still arguing this today, yeah. the superiority, but maybe in a different way. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's not um, Jesus versus the angels, right. but they're still arguing. He was just a man. Yes. yes. He was just a man. Because here's the deal is as a believer, I will argue the point all day long that, yes, Jesus came as a man. <laughs> he was a man. That's that's a, that's a and we bedrock see now, part of our faith. We see now why. Yeah. Why yet? It's a, a bedrock part of our faith that Jesus came as a man. He is God born in the flesh. Mm-hmm. That is a bedrock part of our faith. Mm-hmm. So I will take that claim all day long. But then other people take it. Yeah, but he was just a man. No. No, he wasn't. <laughs> he was God come to this come to this earth in flesh and bones. Mm-hmm. But there is a reason. Mm-hmm. There is a reason. So that's what the writer says is therefore. Yeah. So I've told you why it had to happen. Therefore, it was necessary for him to be made in every respect like us, mm-hmm. his brothers and sisters, so that he could be our merciful and faithful high priest before God. Then he could offer a sacrifice that would take away the sins of the people. Since he himself has gone through suffering and testing, he is able to help us when we are being tested. Mm-hmm. 
uh, you you read that, and I just love how it just sums it all up. But you you read that and see the, that word. It was necessary that this happened, and like the point he goes into talking about he's he's a merciful and faithful high priest and you see that like a high priest is the person or a priest that was a person that was supposed to represent um the people to god Mm -hmm. right that was he was a mediator that was the that was the point of a priest and this is what was amazing is it was necessary for god to become human and die in order to become that perfect high priest for us and Mm -hmm. i just i love that the fact that God knew it was it was necessary, and Jesus did what was necessary. Right, you know, to make this happen for yeah. us. Why for us? For us. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, to wrap it all up, too. This is what it's about. It's about mm-hmm. us. He loves us. He values. Yeah. What is man that he's mindful of us? Mm-hmm. He loves us. And so, and then, and then, what we see in in these couple of verses too is, it was this time that he spent in this world. Mm-hmm. As a human, that that gave Jesus this unique experience mm-hmm. that allows him then to become a merciful and faithful high priest. Um, he now understands what it's like to be a helpless child, mm-hmm. to be a maturing teenager <laughs> under the watchful eye of his parents that are like, why did you run away from us? And he's like, I'm doing my father's business, y'all. That's not, um, that's not what he said. He's a very respectful young man. He understands hunger. Mm-hmm. Uh, we see that. We, he understands thirst. We see that. He understands loss. He understands loss. He understands what it's like to be tired. He understands rejection. He understands what it's like to, to be lied about, to be falsely accused of something. Yeah. He experienced physical suffering. He experienced death. Mm-hmm. He knows what it's like to be separated from God. Mm-hmm. And he knows what it's like to be in perfect union with God mm-hmm. in this life. Mm-hmm. So when he talks and when we are encouraged to keep his commands yeah. to be in, so that we can be in perfect relationship with God, he knows what it's like to experience that. He knows the challenges of this world and knows that it's so much better to go through it in perfect union with God versus that moment that he hung on the cross and took on the sins of the world and was separated from the Father Mm -hmm. and the devastation that he felt in that moment. Mm -hmm. He knows the feelings of both. Which is why he's the one that's going to have the most compassion for us who are lost. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then I thought this was interesting. I've never thought of this before, but it's all of this that gives Jesus the unique perspective that not even God the Father has. Mm-hmm. You ever thought about that? Mm, I don't know. That, that God the Father has on this life that you and I are living. Mm-hmm. He, he has a different perspective. But that goes back to the, the fact that he's the mediator. He's the one yeah. that's, that's communicating with God. He's that's what on I'm saying. our yeah. behalf. And it, it says he yeah. intercedes for us. And this is why he is the perfect mediator between yeah. us and God. Yeah. Is because he knows the... He knows the the power of temptation. He knows, uh, but he also knows how to stand against it, mm-hmm. right? He is uniquely qualified to give us advice on how to overcome mm-hmm. every enemy and every temptation that we face. Yeah. The word help there in that, that verse, it says, since he himself has gone through suffering and testing, he is able to help us yeah. when we are being tested. That word help literally means to run to the cry of a child. Mm. 
So, like, he is uniquely qualified to, when he hears us crying out like a child cries out in the night. You, We're parents. We know what it's like to, to all of a sudden hear one of our kids crying. And, and let me tell you, you got an ear for it. When you you're do. a parent, Listen, you have an ear for it. <laughs> I, I probably shouldn't tell you this, but you could walk into my house and uh, while I'm asleep and I wouldn't hear you. All right? I just wouldn't hear you. But if my kid whimpers in the middle of the night... You hear it. I hear it. Yeah. Right? And so that's 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 the help that Jesus provides. Yeah. Uh, that's what it's talking about. Is is able, He's able to bring help when we most need it. And yeah. so it presents this question of why in the world are we looking to people? Mm-hmm. Why are we looking to books and to therapists and, and influencers, to, to best friends that... that say they want to help us when all of them have failed Mm -hmm. at some point in their life they have failed at something Mm -hmm. jesus (laughs) faced everything we face in this world and came out victorious and why in the world would we want to let's go back to the beginning of well that's two weeks ago but i'll say it anyway (laughs) why in the world would we want to drift away from that help why would we want to ignore that help Mm -hmm. you know when that help is right there yeah and so it's it's so this is the first time, and I'm just going to touch on this, and we'll be done. But um, this is the first time that Jesus is called our high priest. Mm-hmm. Um, and in the Old Testament, and in the Jewish faith at the time when Hebrews was written, the high priest was the mediator between God and man. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, he was he was everything. It's very similar to those of you that maybe come out of the Catholic Church or maybe are still in the Catholic Church. Um, is very similar to what is taught in the Catholic Church, the role of the priest today. He's that mediator between man and God. So when Jesus came into this world and he lived this perfect life that he lived, by dying and being resurrected into glory, a place of glory and regaining that crown and honor, Jesus has become more qualified than anybody else to take on that position yeah. as mediator. Okay, so you hit that word position. First, he had the position of coming as a slave, mm-hmm. coming as a servant for, a while, for us a little for a little bit. Angels. But now he has the position of mm-hmm. our great high priest. And this is this is what makes him unique. This is what makes him a great high priest <laughs> is he not only understands the holiness of God, he understands now the weakness of man. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's a very unique perspective that nobody else has, right? Mm-hmm. So you can take the most godly high priest, the most godly pastor that you know, they do not fully understand and cannot fully grasp the holiness of God. Mm-hmm. We just, in our minds, in our, our sinful, fleshly nature that we have, we cannot even begin to comprehend mm-hmm. the holiness of God, mm-hmm. right? But Jesus can because he is fully God. He's fully God. But he also came and was fully man, mm-hmm. which means he understands that weakness. Mm-hmm. He understands our vulnerabilities. He understands what it is to be tempted to be not holy. Mm-hmm. And so it, it's, it, it gives him, and that's why I say, it gives him a, a unique perspective that not even God the Father has. <laughs> All right? And I hope nobody gets weirded out by that, but it's true. Yeah. This is why Jesus is the perfect high priest, is he's able to give us grace uh, that, that to keep us from sinning when we're tempted. Yeah. Um, uh, and if we do sin, 
then he is able to go to the Father as our advocate and speak on our behalf. Mm -hmm. And because it was his blood that was shed for our sin, he holds forgiveness in his hands that when we confess our sins, he is faithful to forgive. Mm -hmm. And so is this incredible relationship and this incredible role that has been created Mm -hmm. by Jesus coming as a man and now ascending and sitting at the right hand of Mm -hmm. the father where he can literally turn to the father and go dad let me tell you like (laughs) it's hard down there Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's hard in that in that imperfect state that they are in and and when I say imperfect in that that fleshly flesh and blowns mortal mortal shell that they're in down there there's a lot of stuff that they're going through i've been there i know i know that temptation man we don't have to worry about ever being hungry we don't we don't know what it's like to be hangry because you know i know i've been there i've been there i've been in that state before i know when the devil comes and tries to tempt them and even when it sounds good and he's quoting scripture like i know the confusion the voices of all the different things and i've been in their shoes Mm -hmm. I've been in their shoes. I know what they're going through. But here's the deal is I can, I I overcame it. So Mm -hmm. I know how to, I know how to talk to them. Let me talk to them. And I've, I've, I've played, I've played mediator before for people. Probably too many times. (laughs) A lot of times. It's one of my main roles as a pastor. All right. (laughs) Is I've played mediator and I can remember talking to two guys that I worked with and, and they were just going at it about something. And I went, I had lunch with one of them and I came back and sat in the office with the other one. And I just said, hey, listen, let, let, me, let me try to explain what they're feeling. Let me explain why they're upset. Let me explain why they're struggling in this thing. And yeah, but what about this? And I go, I know, I know, I know, I know that's how you feel. But let me, let me understand what they're feeling. And then I went back to the other one and said, okay, here's what they're thinking. Here's what they're going through. Here's what they're facing. And so you can imagine the Father in heaven going, I've given them everything. I just want them, I want them to be like me so much. I just want to be in relation with them so much. What is, what is stopping them from just listening, from obeying? And Jesus is like, listen, here's what they're feeling. Here's the temptation that they're going through. Here's what they're struggling with. Here's the weight of the world that they feel while they're there. And I know, listen, I know what it's like to, to be there and to, to walk with you and how much better it is. And that's where I'm trying to get them to come. And so Jesus comes and he talks to us. He's given us his word. And he's like, guys, don't drift away from the truth. I'm telling you, if you will do what I've said, it is so much easier to go through this life. I know. And I know how much better it is to live in that holiness Mm -hmm. that God has. How much, how much of everything that you're searching for is found Mm -hmm. in that holiness. And so guys, if you'll just come Come where I am. I've been where you've been. If you will come where I am. And so he plays this incredible role as mediator, mediator. high priest, yeah. that nobody in this earth, right. nobody in this world, past or present. And we'll talk more about this role of high priest as we go through. This yeah. is a, a common ongoing. theme as we go from here. Yeah. Um, and why it's Jesus. Important. Yeah. And this is why I point people towards the book of Hebrews is Jesus has taken on this role as mediator between us and God. And he is the only one that can play this role above any present or past religious figure. And just think about it. Anywhere. We don't want anybody else speaking on our behalf but Jesus. No. I don't want anybody else standing before God on my behalf but Jesus. Mm -hmm. You know? And so God, and he plays, I just, I'm very passionate about this in case you can't tell, but. (laughs) 
He understands whatever you're going through, whatever you're struggling with. Yeah. He understands. He understands and he knows. And guys, oh my goodness, he is fighting for you. Mm-hmm. He is in your corner. He wants nothing more than you to know breakthrough and victory and, and, and healing and restoration and redemption. Like nothing more. That's what he wants for you is that. And so he stands in heaven and he is that mediator between us and God. And uh, he's doing he's doing everything he can. He has done, he's done everything, everything he can. Yeah. And, and, and it's enough. Yeah. And we just got to choose to walk in it. I think that's that's that. A great point to make of that he he has our, he's become our perfect leader he's done it mm-hmm. and so it's this thing now is are we receiving the help mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> that come back to that line are, are we receiving the help he that, that he gives he has pioneered the way of how to live life on this earth mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's a great helper the pioneer chapter the two it's good guys listen thank you for coming i hope you are listening i hope you're following along with us i hope when you watch when you when you listen i hope you go through it with your bible yeah. open yeah. um taking notes highlighting mark that thing up man all right and uh as always uh we really do we we so much appreciate we were just praying before we uh started recording and uh you know we don't always know what we're gonna say i mean we have notes and we study we don't always know what's going to come out uh but our sincere prayer is that god will use what we say to impact your life and your walk with god mm-hmm. uh, to draw you a little bit closer um and hopefully to answer questions mm-hmm. uh that maybe you've read this before and not really understood what it meant our our hope and prayer is that it brings a little bit of clarity for you if if uh if we talk and you're like man i don't know what they're talking about ask us uh we'll go over it again all right and we'll try to make it even clearer so we'd love to hear from you again you can always direct message us leave us a comment uh email us lunchwithpbnj at gmail.com and uh follow us on uh instagram lunchwithpbnj underscore podcast is there you can find us there uh follow podcast subscribe to the youtube channel trying to think of everything to get in there just stay caught up we don't want you to miss anything that's that's what i'm trying to get to here i don't want you to miss anything because it's only going to get better (laughs) sound good sounds good all right guys thanks for being with us thanks for doing lunch with us we'll see you next time right here on lunch with pb and j bye guys